This week on the Indo Daily. I actually don't believe right that priests said her any harm. He just like thought I knew. But that's how I found out Miriam Martina was dead. How likely is it that Trump will be found guilty of paying hush money to former adult film star Stormy Daniels? We're talking about involvement in serious drugs activity on both sides of the border and as well as that, the procurement of weapons. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's Rugby Podcast. I'm Will Slattery, delighted to be joined as always by Luke Fitzgerald. Luke, hello. Hi Will. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Enjoyed uh, the weather on the weekend, which is very pleasant. Makes, a, makes it an awful lot easier to, um, I think, stomach being locked down uh, as such. Um, so that made a big difference. Had a little barbecue on the weekend, which was very pleasant. A little bit of rugby, uh, which was pretty unpleasant from a Leinster perspective, although they had a lot of the young guns out. Um, but yeah, what about you? Oh, good weekend. Yeah, again, enjoying the, enjoying the weather, making the most of it. Um, an exciting show this week. We're going to be joined by Rory O'Connor in a few minutes. We've picked our lines, touring squads. Always good talking points there. Um, does this time of year make you nostalgic for 12 years ago when you were waiting to hear your fate? Uh, no, not really. I, I, do you know, it's... Um, does it? No, it doesn't. Sorry. I'm thinking, have I had any tra- kind of trailing thoughts? No, I, I think what I what I have been thinking about, who's who will suit it? And maybe I'm thinking about, maybe I have at, at some points been kind of saying, well, who, what players do I think will suit selection based on my own experiences against South Africa? And I'm kind of thinking back through it. Um, that's probably been the only reference i've had to it really what, what was the process like do you get a letter in the post i've heard of a few ads saying they get like they get like a letter before the selection saying luke verstrell you are con- one of many players being considered for the selection does that happen i wish i i feel unprepared now i hadn't anticipated that question uh, i don't know is the or i don't remember maybe you were <laughs> such a bolter that you just bypassed that was the, you were such a wildcard selection yeah, maybe. Yeah, I suppose it was kind of similar to maybe a Hugo Keenan uh, in that it was probably first six nations that I had played all the way through and played all the games and played well. And the team probably is the only difference in that the team played very well when I was there. So um, off the back of that, we obviously had a fairly large contingent going on that tour. Probably not the same this time around. Um, but uh, I can't remember if I got a letter. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, sure, who cares about the letter before? It's all about it, like, whether you get on or not. Like, I do remember vividly uh, sitting in the cafeteria in uh, David Lloyd's in uh, Riverview, where we used to train at the time. And we were watching it there. And that was where we found out kind of during a break in training. So, um, if yeah, it was during a break in training. Yeah. So it was a bit mad watching all the selections come up. Uh, I think we watched it on Sky Sports. Yeah. So, and were you expecting to, be, I'm trying to remember, like we, we was like, were you, did you think you were going to, you were going to get called out or was it all, oh, this is a great surprise or were you just hopeful? Like, I can't actually remember if you were like a favorite to get in at the time or. Uh, nor do I will. I never really kept an eye on that, if I'm being honest. Uh, I obviously thought I'd had a decent chance, and I suppose I played a bit in the centre as well. Leinster were going very well, and I'd been playing well for them as well. So um, I definitely thought I was in with a shout. I mean, really, you're up against four other guys, really. Um, and then I had a little bit of extra, I suppose, um, 
flexibility in terms of the position I could play. You know, if they were really stuck, that always helps you get on a Lions tour, um, as well as obviously having played well and played on the team that won the Grand Slam. So, yeah, I felt in a good position going into it, Will, if I'm being honest. And did you have to did you jump for joy or did you have to kind of more like be reserved? Like, like you've won an Oscar and you're just kind of clapping and applauding or like you know, commiserating <laughs> with the other people. Thank you. Yeah, like in the, the Queen in the car on the way by yeah. walking through the cafeteria. No, certainly not. It was, um, I, I, you know, I, I throughout my life, I, there's very few times where I get overly excited about those things. I don't know what it is. I probably was internally, definitely was, but... I'm not trying to be weird about it, but I'm not. I'm, my 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 even like my uh, my fiance would say the same thing. It's like you're very expressionless when like you don't show a massive amount of emotion, um, for for good things, uh, <laughs> which is kind of weird. I certainly did feel it. Maybe didn't show it uh, as much as I was feeling on the inside. But look, it's a huge rush. Like there's a massive amount of nervousness as well. But we still had, I think, quite a bit of rugby to play as well during the season. So you were able to refocus fairly quickly. Will. So whatever kind of excitement you had was certainly short-lived and we were able to put it on the back burner, particularly with Leinster having such a good season at the time. Um, you know, I, I, I do remember having to collect uh, one Jamie Heaslip who had uh, had a big night out. We just won the Heineken Cup. We were meeting up with the squad in Pennyhill Park Hotel before we toured. And we were arriving in a few days late because we obviously had that match along with the Leicester guys uh, who were on the tour with us. So I do remember having to knock on Jamie's door uh, quite a few times to wake him up because I wasn't drinking. So I was collecting and um, I, it was a tough wake up. Put it that way, he enjoyed the, the Heineken Cup win. I suppose he'd been at Leinster a little bit longer than me and maybe had probably, it was probably a bigger shock to to him to to win the the Heineken Cup, whereas I probably felt I was wasn't there as long, and we'd had a bit of success, but I was there very quickly, and um, so he celebrated the life out of it. <laughs> but look, great times! It's the, it really is the best thing you can do. It's so exciting going into. It's probably the only time in your career, the, your first Lions tour, where I feel like you're. It's it's like the first day you walk into. I'm not going to say primary school, but it's definitely the first day, like the first day you walk into the academy. For me, it was walking into the senior squad in Leinster and you're kind of like really nervous meeting everyone and, um, you know, hoping that you do well, hoping that you, you know, you make a few pals on the thing and that, you know, you settle in quickly and, and, and get on the course. You want to get in the, in the, the test team, but you do want to settle in quickly um, and get up to the rhythm of things. So it's really nerve-wracking first couple of days, but it's so exciting. And once you settle in, everyone's actually in the same boat as you. And you think it's kind of a weird thing to say with a bunch of adults, but you you would you kind of would get nervous to kind of settle in. And um, yeah, it was amazing. They did really, they did a really, really good job of that tour. I think of helping everyone kind of bed in, uh, feel like they're part of the of the team. I think it was probably a bit of a disadvantage that we had particularly for guys who were looking, who probably had to earn their place in the team, probably more thinking like your myself would have been one of them. Maybe for guys like Drico, he knew he was going to be in the team. Um, coming in a little bit late after the Heineken Cup was probably not ideal. You probably would have got one, liked to have got in there a couple of days before. And I, I was worn out. It's my first really big season. I'm still a young guy, just turned 21, really. And um I'd say it was a big, it was a big ask for my body at that stage, Will. Uh, and I got off to a slow enough start. I got, I got sick on the plane out. I think uh, I had a bit of a chest infection, which is really like you know flying into to test matches in Durban or sorry in uh, Johannesburg uh, or into matches in Johannesburg and training there. Not ideal to have a chest infection when you're trying to acclimatize to the um, the uh, altitude. So I probably got off to a slow enough start on it, but then found my way and obviously nicked in there for that second test. Um, which obviously everyone remembers, but it's an amazing experience. I would, like I wish everyone could experience something like that in their life, you know. Yeah, it's interesting the kind of your scenario you kind of outlined there, similar to some players, as you mentioned, Hugo Keenan, his first kind of full season in the tick of it in the European action in the Six Nations. Someone like Lewis Rees Summit as Thomas. well, yeah, who's a young guy who's had a very busy season as well. Maybe not quite as busy as Hugo Keenan because he's been involved in a lot of big European games too. But it's just an interesting one in terms of a young body, how it holds up in South Africa and the sort of the kind of added stuff of a line store. <coughs> Excuse me, <laughs> what happened there? Um, <laughs> a frog I, was in your excited, throat. I was excited to answer your brilliant question. Um, I think, yeah, Keenan has the advantage of being a good bit older. 
um, you know, that Danoy was at that stage. Zamet is going to be a guy who uh, looks like he's in unbelievable shape. He's a bit younger, isn't he? I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, he's I 20, I think, or 21, maybe. 21. Yeah, so he's he's about similar age. Same age as you. He was yeah. that went, I think. So it would have been Lee Half, and he was was a little bit younger. Obviously, he came in. I think he came in a little bit late, uh, if memory serves. And obviously, Keith Earls was the bolter really on that tour, and um, we were all kind of kind of similar enough age. And yeah, it'll be a big ask for him. Um, I think Keenan probably is the, the, maybe a little bit of benefit in that he's a little bit older. He's obviously played the sevens, so he won't have to, you know, the acclimatization thing probably won't impact him as much because he's such a fit, fit fella, I'd say. Uh, that's a guess, but that would be my assumption on that. Um, but yeah, it's a big ask. And it's it, like people, how people adapt and how they kind of bed in, you know, to the new way of thinking and how they can adapt to different game plans is, uh, is a really key component of it. So uh, interesting to see that. That's what makes it, I think, the first couple of weeks, you know, particularly against some of the lesser teams, it still makes it very interesting to see who's who reacts well to the new coaching setup and who fits in well to the new style. Um, and that's what I think everyone, well, I'm really excited to see the first couple of weeks for that reason. Oh, definitely. And it kind of all starts ratcheting up from uh, Thursday week when Ryan Gatlin will name his squad. Delighted to be joined by Rory O'Connor as well. Rory, how are you getting on? Hey, Will, how's it going? Hey, Luke. Hey, Rhodes. No, great to have you on. And uh, we were all tasked with picking a 36-man squad earlier today. It's a funny one, you know, seeing what, what we all came back with. It was broadly similar. I think we had 25 or 26 of the 36, all the exact same. And, it's, and there's a couple of interesting selection things we might get to. First, I might just do a quick run through of it to see where areas we, we were kind of similar and different. You know, places we all, we all had the same tight head props, Furlong, Sinker, Porter. We all had the same second rows of Toad, Jay, Alan Wynne Jones, James Ryan, Henderson, and Byrne, which a, a lot of Irish guys there. All had the same tens as well Owen Farrell, Dan Bigger, Johnny Sexton. All had the same centers, Davies, Ringrose, Henshaw. We all managed to at Aggie as well. So it's, it's, an, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, we might, one place we, we did differ, and Rory, I might go to you first on this one. We we both we all three of us had Ken Owens and Jamie George. We me and you went for Ronan Kelleher, and now uh, Luke went for Luke Cowan Dickey. That's probably the toss up. And interestingly, obviously Ronan Kelleher playing again this week. So his biggest advocate is in the coaches' room as well. Uh, uh, you know, McBride is there. You know, it, it, how big of a, a bolter would he be at this stage? Do you still do you think it's likely he gets in? I was kind of just projecting if he has a good performance this weekend, it might give him an edge. It would still be a big ass to bring him. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's funny just to go back to the start. He, um, when Gatland and his coaches were talking about it last week, they they had the same experience. They sat themselves in a room. They all named their squads. I think they had 25 that everyone in the room had. So Gregor Townsend, Steve Tandy, uh, Robin McBride all had the same 25. And then it was like, I think it was 40 names across the other positions that they differed on. So it was quite a broad spectrum. So if you're in that 20, 25, you can relax next week. You're, you're, you're going. It's the, the others who are on the cut line. And not look, I think Ronan Keller would still be a little bit of a surprise at this point. But if he has a really good game on Saturday, on Sunday against La Rochelle, on top of what he's done, when you consider who they're playing against this summer, I think he he has all of the attributes to go and and be a really good lion. And I know Bolter is an old overused phrase, you know, when it comes to lions selections and everyone, you know, everyone's picked a, a, a squad at this stage who's going to. But I really, really, like, he was unfortunate that he didn't get more starting opportunities in Six Nations. Like, I think we're well. Certainly, myself and Luke agree that he's a better player than Rob Herring, but he has hasn't quite got the consistency out of touch that um, that Herring has just yet. Or maybe he didn't when it was Six Nations was on. But his throwing was really good against Exeter, and if his throwing is up at ninety percent of what Rob Herring brings, say for an Ireland point of view, then you got to pick him because everything else he does is world class. And you're going to get Malcolm Marks in that test, test series. He has all the physical capabilities to 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 play in that test series. Like I think Jamie George is is, is almost there in reputation in my squad. He's like a really good player. He was starting started three three times last time, but he hasn't been like a lot of the Saracens guys didn't have great Six Nations. Cowan Dickey took his place. He could be squeezed out by Cowan Dickey as well. I think Owens will definitely go. Good good tourist, really popular guy. But I would love to see Callagher go because I think if he actually went, he would have a great tour. 
Yeah, Lucas, it's interesting. I feel like the hooker position, in a way, could be a, an interesting kind of gauge of how the squad is going to be picked when you have someone like Jamie George, the Saracens contingent, who didn't have a great Six Nations, and Luke Cowan Dickey, a guy who has played really well for Exeter, but similarly didn't have a great Six Nations. And then when you think that Ronan Keller and Luke Cowan Dickey went head to head recently uh, in Sandy Park, and Keller probably got the better of him. It'll oh, be he undoubtedly got the better of him. Yeah. Like, sorry, I, I can completely see why someone would pick uh, Kelleher. I suppose I was basing it on. I suppose there's still a little bit of a question on his time in an international jersey. Just I think he has a little bit less time there, probably. And, and that was the only thing I based that decision on, because you can see the quality of the player. And as Rudd's kind of alluded to there, he's he's a guy, I think, who would tour very well. Um, he's physically, you know, a fairly imposing guy for, for a, a two. He's comfortable in the open spaces, which is important on the hard ground. There will be times where your big guys will be exposed out there, um, but you also have to be able to mix it up on the tight. Um, I'd probably give it to Kevin Dickey, maybe just on experience and age, but I think, uh, and maybe on throwing reputation, but it's a bloody tight call between those three guys. Ken Owens is the starter anyway. Um, I think they're just all probably at this point playing for that 16 jersey but it's um it's a tough call i feel bad kind of having, having not given him the, the vote of confidence now but i do think that honestly that that was probably where uh loyalties aside uh, that was that's where i think they'll go with the selection um he wasn't one of my guys that i had in as a bolter um, that was kind of like a personal choice um, which maybe I, I underlined in my email to you, Will, uh, <laughs> uh, as as my bolters. But um, yeah, I could, I could, you could certainly make a strong argument for him, and I think he will be very well suited to the to the hard ground. He's a fit guy as well. He's a great. I mean, some of the tackling against Exeter was, well, I thought was outstanding, uh, and he really muscled up in a difficult period for Leinster. But I think it was purely based on the Irish thing. Yeah, what I like about the Callagher selection is that I feel like you can kind of get away with it in the sense that you have two very solid hookers, say, in a Jamie George and a Ken Owens, whose line-out pedigree is very, very strong. I feel like you can almost get away with bringing someone who, you know, their line-out mightn't be quite as strong, but they offer so much around the pitch. Because is he going to be a test starter? Maybe not, but he could be such an impact player that I think it's worth the gamble, personally. Um, prop, we all went with Furlong, Sinker and Porter. You know, Rory, to have two Irish uh, tight head props in, in one line squad, it wasn't something we would have been saying maybe 10 years ago. It's a testament to how far... The two lads have come. I know there's a bit of question marks about Tyke Furlong's future, uh, potentially at the moment, but uh, that would be some going. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and it would be on merit as well, because I think Porter stood in for Furlong and did an incredible job. And again, he has that physical uh, profile that you want when you go out against the Springboks. You know, he will live in that company. He will. They're both very fit. They're both very dynamic. They love playing um, on the hard track out there and, and they'll, they, they they thrive on it and I think looking at it like I don't think we're being biased on that like whatever about Kelleher we're seeing a lot more Kelleher than we're seeing out of, of most others I think if you look at English pundits picking their squads I think they're both getting in to most of them as well um, I'd say they're one and two at the moment I think Sinclair's Sinclair's quality as well Sinclair has a lot of what Furlong ha- has to offer so um, may no I think I, I think Porter will have a job getting in onto that bench ahead of Sinclair, but he will be hmm. uh, he will be in the, in the, the flexibility roads is a is an, like is, is someone that's really really I think you know in his favor is that he could you know if you were really goosed you could go do you know what it helps yeah it definitely helps yeah may, maybe maybe I'm a bit I just old. I mean if you think that Sinclair was number two to Furlong four years ago and he's a better player now than he was then and he's he had a really good World Cup. He's, he has the distribution. I think I think Porter's a better jackal threat than the two of them. But Sinclair has the distribution. I think Sinclair can do all the passing stuff that Ty Furlong can do. So um, I rate him really, Porter really highly. Porter had some lovely, lovely touches. He's, though. Porter had some lo- lovely touches with his hands against Munster a couple of weeks ago. He's a, he's quality. Like I'm not. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think this is one of the yeah. strongest areas of the squad. You know, I'm, I'm not. Don't I don't think you're. I just wonder. I think anyone who hasn't coached, sorry, hasn't played under Gatland before. And who wasn't part of the test series in 2017 has a bit of making up to do. And if if, if you're one and two from four years ago are now both about 27, 28, having matured over the four years, that's going to be a hard part. And are both in form, it's going to be a hard partnership to break up. But like, I think if either of them went down or if Porter's in good form, he could easily get himself into that test 23. Um, I think they'll they'll really like him as well. I think he'd be a good. I think he'd be a good guy to have on a on a six week tour. Um, 
And I think he, they like what he brings around the place. I think, he, and he will come back from the tour if he goes a better player as well. I think it, it's it's win win all around for him. He's a really really quality player, and um, he's he, he'll have earned it because he like he kept Ireland and Leinster afloat for a while there when 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 uh, Furlong was down, you know. Yeah, Luke and Luke said is an interesting one. You had Keane Healy in your squad uh, along with Michael Vunapola and Wynne Jones. All three of us had Michael Vunapola in the squad. I had Rory Sutherland and Wynne Jones. Rod had Rory Sutherland and Edel Skange. But for Healy, it's an interesting one. His career does feel like a little bit incomplete because he didn't get that great Lions moment. He's been such a consistent player, but it just hasn't really broken right for him. He had an injury in 2013. He was probably a little out of form and injury, injured in 2017. And he's he's on the bubble probably now to get of getting selected this time. I, you see, I suppose I'm basing that off like just set piece brilliance. Uh, like I, I don't, I think, um, like we all remember, I think the the, the young Keane Healy, um, who was like just a freaky athlete, um, and of course there's still a bit of that there. But I look at him and I just think he looks like a really polished international uh, loose head now. Uh, really sought like the scrum, like really high quality. He's very rarely injured these days. Um, uh, and I just I, I like him in there. I think he's a great jackal threat as well. Um, and I was I was actually really surprised at some of the rhetoric around um, around him actually in, at Six Nations time. Like I thought he was really really solid whenever he played, and I thought he was really good when Kilcoyne went down. Um, uh, you know, and I, I know there was like Kilcoyne, yes, in the loose is probably a bit more. Is, is he he's playing more dynamic than Keane at the moment out there? Um, I'm not sure if that's not as a result of Leinster probably using more of their other threats. Dan Keane actually not having the ability to do that anymore um, remains to be seen on that one. Um, but that was, yeah, that, that, that was, I think I based that off experience and good play for a very long period of time. And he's been, his injury, um, his injury status has been fr- pretty consistent, I think, uh, over the last couple of years, which is probably the thing that lots of people would have held against him. I think he's really coming in. To, I think, I think he'll keep going for another, a good while. I think he's got another like three or four years. I don't see anything that's changed in the last two or three years. And he was always so far ahead of everyone in terms of natural gifts um, that I think he's one of those guys. And he's, and he's figured out how to look after his body really well um, in the, in the kind of middle to I, I'm calling it the middle part of his career. I think he'll go on a bit, a good bit, a good bit longer, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that was my one. I, I just don't think the other guys are that good, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and Rory Sutherland, I know, is a shoulder injury that he picked up at the end of the Six Nations. So I think there is a bit of a question mark around his fitness. Um, and he's Mako one of. Wasn't, Mako wasn't that good during the Six Nations. He was brutal. No, like, no to be he's, frank. He's in, there, like, he, he's in there. He's like he's more my emotional decision on this one than the other two. Win Jones was solid. I think Keane has the pedigree. He's playing in a in a better Lancer team. He's still starting week in, week out for Lancer. He still starts for Ireland, even though they were looking for something, I, I think, a little bit more ballast from uh, you know, um uh Dave Kilcoyne, who's been, you know, who does provide that ball carrying threat and that real kind of oomph that you need sometimes. They were searching for a bit of that. Um and he unluckily got injured. But I think Keane was really solid over Six Nations. I think it was really weird that it kind of went under the under the radar. But well, Wynne Jones was probably player of the Six Nations, considering he antagonised Peter Omamani and John Ferguson <laughs> into two high shots to basically one Wales the tournament. Like so, uh, I he got in alone. there. But I think he got probably got an interesting here. Rudd's opinion: he got in there based on Wales's performance, really, and having started all the games. Um, and and that's a that's a fair that's a fair. He was mad the match against Ireland. He's, yeah, he's their best scrummaging prop as well. I think so. I mean, that's a piece point that Luke makes. I think he's definitely. It, very much in the frame and, and obviously Catlin I know he's not coach of Wales anymore but the connection does help I think in those calls um, I think he needed stock took a bit of a battering after the Saracens defeat like the, the that day was a bit like the uh, the World Cup final you know it's so rare to see a scrum getting destroyed at, at the elite level that way and you know let's sort of revamp what they do with the scrum since then and, and, and I think Luke's right like I would have had my concerns that he's not the force of old and I, I still don't think he's as as good a player as, as he was even in 2017 when he actually should have gone on the Lions tour he just hit form a little bit too late and I think Gatlin's mind was made up on Jack McGrath um, and Joe Marler Marler had a terrible tour Marler's a really interesting one Marler nearly turned the World Cup final back around for, Eng- for England uh, when they were struggling against the box he came off the bench and, and turned that scrum around almost single-handedly um, but I don't think he'll want to go I think he ruled himself out of the Six Nations because of family reasons. He didn't want to go into a bubble. He didn't 
want to do the COVID stuff. He just said, you know what, I don't need this at the stage of my life. Um, I can't imagine he'd be that keen on living in a, in, in, in a, a hotel in Johannesburg for three weeks and a hotel in Cape Town for three weeks and doing all that stuff either. But if you're talking about playing the box, um, who destroyed the English pack, you know, that brilliant English type five in the biggest stage of all, um, until he came on, like there's definitely, a, a, you wonder whether they pick up the phone and just ask him whether he's interested uh, yeah. at the very least. Is he that good? I, I mean, I, he, no, he, he I, was at he was I, I, at fault for the Cheston Col- Colby try. He, st- he stopped running for the Cheston Colby try in the final. Uh, he was the inside runner, you know, uh, the inside defender. I think it's, I, I, I thought he was poor in that. Uh, just strictly in the one thing that he's there to do, like it's the fundamental part oh, of the right, job. Oh, yeah, the tight like, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I think it, that completely accept your point on that. And in fairness, he was a sub, so he shouldn't even be flagging. I mean, I, I wouldn't fancy. Yeah, he was. He stopped running. Yeah, he looked. He, the head went down. Now I know you're a prop still, but. You were the sub also. And it's Colby. But no, you're right. No, I think that's a, it's a valid point. I just wonder whether they'll just give him a call just to see. He had a bad line score four years ago. We ended up on the dirt trackers, never really featured. I wonder if he feels like he's a bit of an unfinished business. I just think in terms of the scrum, which against this Brimock team, it's going to be everything. Um, I don't think he'll go. I don't I'm, I, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have brought it up. But like, I just think... Ah, that's from the heart. you got to have a few in your heart. Uh, <laughs> well, I think Genge is phenomenal as well. I don't think... I, I yeah, think Genge does yeah. everything Keane Heaty used to do. In terms of the loose stuff, and he's mean, and he's got an attitude, and I like that. I like, I like it. Like, uh, you know, the Johnny Sex me, but people went out, were up in arms about it. Like, that's that's what you want your loose head prop to be doing to, your, to the opposition out half and getting away with it. Like, that's that's the dream. I think he he, he could bring a lot to that tour, and and uh, um, yeah, I think I think it, it's I don't think that's one of the. I think there's a few positions that the ones that we probably all don't agree on are the ones that are you could bring three or anyone from five or six, and really there's not a huge amount between them, and and. Uh, that's one of them, and I think scrum half is probably one of the other ones as well. Yeah, mm. at, at second row, we've all gone for the same kind of cohort of Toje, Alan Jones, Ryan Henderson, and Byrne. Three, it just shows the depth Ireland have at second row at the moment. I suppose the talking point there, Luke, is probably the captaincy will probably come from it looks like a Toje or Alan Jones. Everyone was going Alan Jones originally. Wait, who's who's talking about this? A there's, a, there's a ground swell of support coming for a Toje. Sam Warburton teed it up the other day. If, and if, uh, anyone is anyone who's saying that is a gobshite. Um, <laughs> Sorry, now, now it's not a bad time to mention that I think uh, Toje should be captain. <laughs> the, guy, the guy's disciplinary record is ridiculous. He has no, he doesn't captain any team. Um, like he, he's not a. There's no way. Like Alan Jones played unbelievable throughout the whole Six Nations. He was head and shoulders above any other player I thought in terms of the captaincy debate. Even Owen Farrell, who I think is probably the only other one who's you know of that ilk in terms of the captaincy. Um, you know, honourable mention to, to Johnny Sexton just in terms of his experience, but I think he'll have a big enough challenge getting in the team ahead of Owen Farrell. Um, it's Alan Wynne Jones every time, every time. Like even even having the the, the the discussion about it, I think is a waste of our time. Well, well Rod, oh, Rod, you just said that you think it should be a Toje. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had a Toje. <laughs> but he's a gobshite. <laughs> <laughs> Me or a Toje? <laughs> Both. Uh, like I, I think he's the first name in the team sheet. Like he is the best player in in his position in Europe. He's a bit of competition from South Africa um, in terms of the best player in this position in the world because they have so many unbelievable, like you know, Munster have a few of them, but there's so many unbelievable uh, second roles. But like Atoje, maybe I'm just like the two two of the greatest individual performances I've ever seen were a 2017 win over um, the New Zealand at Wellington. And the 2019 World Cup semi-final, and in both games he was transcendent. Like he just, I, I don't know who does it come across on TV, but in the stadium he was just a dominant figure in both of those games. I mean, he had a lot of help from his teammates. I'm not saying you know it's, it's a team game and all of that, but when he's at his best, he is just this incredibly dominant figure. I think, like, I, I don't know if Alan Jones starts. Like, I think James Ryan and and, and Maro Toje will be my partnership with Ty Byrne at six. You know, Alan Jones has massive respect for him, and I don't think it'd be a bad decision to have him as captain. I don't know if it'll come into Gatlin's thinking, but I think the symbolism of having Maro Atoje and Sia Khaleesi as as captains of a line series that's going to be the final decider is going to be played in Soweto is will be massively powerful for the sport. But I don't think Gatlin can factor that into his thinking. I don't think that'll be part of his decision. It's a massive ask for him to be the captain. Luke's right; he's never been a captain at this level before. But I think he's a leader. I think he's a leader by actions. He's an incredibly articulate, thoughtful, impressive man. 
and I don't think he would do a bad job. But we saw then during the Six Nations that when James Ryan took over the captaincy that he wasn't quite ready for it. You know, I think that was it. It, it didn't it didn't uh, sit well with him. And, and there's no guarantee that, that Atoje would take it in his stride. There's a lot that goes with being the Lions captain. Luke would know that from Paul O'Connell and 09. You know, if things are going against you, as things kind of went against Paul on that tour at one stage and the English media turned on him and you have to go out and face them every every couple of days, that's not an easy thing for anyone to do. So there is other considerations, whereas Alan Jones would take that all in his stride, would be hugely popular. Um, I wonder, will Alan Jones be the, the tour captain? But, you know, Itoje end up being the on-pitch captain because Itoje's not getting the team. They, you know, Sam Warburton didn't make it in for the first test four years ago. No, Mahoney ended up captaining the team because he was in form and going well. I I will go with Itoje. I think Stuart Hogg's probably in the conversation as well. I don't like fullbacks captaining teams, and I think um, Gatlin will probably prefer a forward, but I think he's he's another one who's probably going to start. So, um, so. It's a long-winded answer, but Atoje no, for me no, is, this is, it. is, is uh, this the, the conversations. It's the combinations. I think is the key part about it, isn't yeah. it? It's like, like what was so it, it, that conversation about well, you know, who who ends up playing your you know fifteen for you? Like I might have Liam Williams ahead of him, um, but you know, and then you're kind of saying, well, then okay, it has to be either probably you know Farrell Atoje. Well, you're saying Atoje. I think he's not even in the conversation for that. Um, but Alan Wynn Jones. Um, so who who goes in there? Gallen um, named, named, I think, 14 captain potential captains, uh, including Conor Murray and oh, there was someone else, someone else really random that he named. So everyone's in the conversation according to Warren okay, Gallen. Yeah, so, yeah. but uh, <laughs> no, I, I th- like, I, I think, I think when Alan Jones would be an excellent choice as captain. But personally, I would go for Tony. Oh, I thought he had a brilliant Six Nations. He did. I thought he was brilliant. Everything I saw with Alan Jones was kind of exactly what I see like on the big days, exactly kind of what I've seen from Atoja and some of the big days. I thought he was um, like against Ireland and those kind of, there was periods where Ireland were pressuring them particularly. That's the one that stands out to me. I just thought he had some, some of his tackling. I know it was against 14 men, but he was just everywhere. He was everywhere, like doing smart things, you know, like every, every play I look at him, I just think polished, you know, like everything he does, he's like, he can be on the edge. But he's never, you know, he's not seen. He's talking to the ref while he's doing this. He's talking to his teammates. Um, I just look at him and I just go, body of work, still in great physical condition. You know, could call, we'll call the line out for you, which is a yeah. big thing down there. Um, looks like he's still is physically imposing on the pitch, but makes so many good decisions. Whereas Atoje, to my mind, hasn't played top class rugby this year in club and didn't play well for England, was really evident, you know, it was evident watching them that he was a big reason why they didn't play well because he gave away so many penalties, stupid ones, for, as you say, a smart guy. Uh, So, yeah, I think he's got his work cut out getting in the team and he would have it, I think, it'd be harder for him to get in there if James Ryan had played the whole Six Nations. I think that's more of a conversation now. But if you're basing it on this year, um, I I don't know, I told you it wouldn't be in my team. Mm. And in, in terms of captaincy, I think the days of being wedded to the captain or or the controversy about the captain getting his team, I think the last tour kind of put that to bed a bit. Like there was no real controversy when O'Mahony got in and moved the captain, nor when Warburton great replaced, and there was no drop off in performance. The team, mm. you just, yeah, I thought motor pretty seamlessly. So if Alan Wynne Jones is named captain and then come first test, it ends up being on fire, or it ends up being a toji, or it ends up being Stuart Hogg. I don't think that's a big deal personally. Um, Does he give you the balance as well? That's I'd be wondering. I think does does Jones give you the balance with the caller? The other guy could just be be himself around the pitch. That's the other thing you have to consider as well. Like I mean, Ryan is your twenty, you know, twenty rooks, twenty tackles, maybe twenty carries. Like you know, he he could have a get. And, and Itoje, I think they're they're similar in that respect, with probably more impact at times from Itoje. But I think when you look at their head to heads, Ryan, even in that Leinster drubbing by Saracens and some of those England ones. Was on. He was our standout player. He was on. I, I will like. I just couldn't have sung his praises more. In what were very dark days for both teams um, against Saracens and England, Ryan just he. I I feel like he's the only guy who can really go head to head with him in terms of physical impact on the game and as well just a qu- sheer quantity of impact in the game. So um, that'll be a great battle to see who 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 starts the series better between those two, provided they go, of course. But even no. you got to you got to consider the opposition and the bomb squad. You know, it, are, are they going to match up with South Africa with two two second rows on the bench? Are they going to have another second? Like South Africa have five second rows in their match day squad during the World Cup. You know, 
So, like, you could end up with all of them in there. You know, you could have Ian Henderson and James Ryan coming up on with half an hour to go to finish the game, or you know, Toje could be at six. You know, Ty Byrne could be at six. Like Peter Stafford top, sorry, Peter Stafford twelve was the the you know world player of the year that year playing at six. Like he's a second, he'd be a second round any other country in the world. They've like Mustard, they've Orgy Snyman's coming back just in time. Like there's so many options in 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 that team, and like I think the way I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how Gatlin matches up to that bomb squad thing, and and like whether Nina Berg keeps going with it because obviously he's taken over from Erasmus, but. They haven't played since the World Cup, so all we've got to go on is that that tournament, and that's that's going to be really really interesting as well. So he has taken over from Erasmus. Yeah, very. I just I don't know how much Razzy Erasmus has actually released reins there, but I suppose we'll see. Moving on to the back row, guys. We had we've all had Watson, Hamish Watson. We all had Tom Curry, a flanker. Myself and Rod at Underhill. Myself and Luca Tiprich. Rudd went for Navidi, a flanker. So we broadly kind of had mixed and matched the same guys, maybe. But the, number eight was the interesting one. I had Valatel and Vunapola. Rudd had Valatel and Conan, and Luke had Vunapola and Conan. So we all kind of went a little differently there. Uh, Valatel, no Valatel for you, Luke? I always think he's a bit overrated, um, if I'm being honest. Good player, like solid. Um, better, of course, better than solid. I'm talking more in international terms. You have to be a very good player to play international, I think. But um, I think he's good. I think he's got in a lot of those things. But I think he, the Welsh connection always helps him. I think, um, or will help him at this this time around as well. Um, I just thought Conan was my maybe one of my decisions from the heart. I just like everything about him. I think he's he's an excellent tackler. He's a smart rugby player. He's good in the open field if needs be. He can grunt up if if, if he also needs to do that. But he gives you that little bit of flair as well, particularly around his handling. He's a lovely hander, hander of the football, as evidenced by that kind of messy one back inside to Keith Earls. But you still have to kind of guide that down from, you know, that was a 25, you know, 20, it was a 25-yard line-out throw. Um, but he has those kind of touches quite a lot. Um, and he could be a guy that could go really well down there. So um, it's a shame we don't have someone like Doris. I think Doris was, you know, he, he's been really unfortunate with that serious head injury. Uh, good to see it looks like he's making a bit of progress there in terms of coming back, but just too late. Um, but yeah, I prefer him to Valata, um in, in, a, in a kind of um, long-winded way. Yeah, and Rod, in terms of Billy Vinopola, you know, you didn't have him in your team or your squad rather, like my thinking was that although he hasn't played well at all, you know, he goes into the category with some of these other English guys, slash Saracens guys. If you're just matching him up with Springboks, I think he could be a good guy to have. Again, himself and Vuna, or Falato are different kind of number eight. So you kind of can, you have two options there. What 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 was your thinking with that call? Form. I mean, I, I think you can have one or two lads who, who didn't have a great Six Nations, but you can't have the whole lot of them. And, um, I actually think I probably have nearly all of them apart from him, but he was the worst of them, I think, during the Six Nations. He was really, really poor. Um, a year ago, or at the end of 2019, I would have had him in my, my test team. And, and I think if you had everyone, you know, if you had this wonderful fantasy rugby scenario of having everyone fit at the right time, you would definitely have him in. But, like, he was awful in Six Nations. And his awful is pretty bad. Like, his his, his brilliant is exceptional. But when he drops below and he... he, he, he he gets out of shape and he just doesn't look like anywhere near the cousin of the player that he can be. Uh, I would have had a similar opinion to Falatau as Luke did before 2017, but I, I thought he was exceptional that tour. And and, and uh, I, I maybe noticed things that I didn't realise he was able to do. And then since then, I've, I've, I've kind of held that respect. I think Wales are a diminished team without him. Um, and I think Conan possibly needs a big game on Sunday just to cement it. But he's in incredible form, and and I, you know I think we're all we've we talked about Jack Conan in the past on this podcast about I think we're all fans of his and I think he's an excellent player, and I think he was on track to be Ireland's eight, number eight at the twenty nineteen World Cup until that really unlucky injury that wiped out a year of his career. Um, he's there now. He's got his break, and and Doris possibly would have been going if he hadn't got his injury. But it looks like his clubmate might just um slip in there. I think Sam Simmons is one that we're. Probably underestimating in terms of his Premiership form, and he probably needed a better game against Leinster. And I'm not sure if Premiership form is going to be enough to get him in. But I know in England, if we were doing a podcast for the the Telegraph today, they'd all be raving about him. But I, yeah, like watching watching the Exeter Bristol game last weekend, that he was very good. But God, you would have sw- you would have sworn that he was playing in a Grand Slam decider for England rather than a Premiership game on a Friday against a very weak and Bristol team. Like Premiership form has no correlation to Test match rugby. 
or Champions Cup rugby barely even. I I really think that so I don't think any of the guys playing exclusively in the Premiership, Danny Kerr, Joe Marner, Sam Sivens, will get will get it in the squad. Um, and I don't think they should either. I don't think so. I think scrum half you could see a, a player who's not hasn't been playing international rugby because I think I think it's quite light there, and I think someone like Danny Kerr or or John Cooney, maybe Luke McGrath has a shot because I think that is a, a bit of an area of concern. Um, but I think you're probably right. I think Simmons, particularly, it's an area of such strength and like the back row battles were really good in the Six Nations. So there's good players across the across the whole thing. It's, it's just a name that you keep hearing from England, so we probably shouldn't discount it either because they were quite influential in the English media when they want to be. No, you're right. Like if he if he had gone out and played really well against Leinster and they had won, I think he would have had a good case then. But when the biggest game of your of his season, he hasn't played international rugby and he was completely outplayed. I don't see the argument then for bringing him. Like uh, Leinster's back row played him off the park. Yeah, yeah like yeah. Josh van der Fleer, uh, who doesn't get a mention, but was brilliant when he came in in, in during the Six Nations. You know, honourable mention to you know Will Connors as well, who was brilliant and was very unlucky with that injury in terms of timing. He could have been a guy that could have pushed. I think. Had he had that opportunity to play against uh, against England, but Josh Van der Flyer has been brilliant. He completely dominated. I thought he was the best player on the pitch. By I couldn't believe Warburton didn't give him the man of the match against Exeter. He was the best player by 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 quite a bit. Followed closely by his two back back, back row mates uh, in Reese Ruddock and uh, Jack Conan. They they completely outplayed Exeter. I thought for the whatever remaining you know sixty five minutes of the game, they dominated. So. Um, I think that conversation, I think you're completely right on that one, Will, that that will have impacted the decision making, particularly when that was his real chance to play against a really quality, you know, pretty much Leinster of two international packs, essentially, um, between, you know, well, just in their squad, but on the on the match day, even their subs will all have been internationals, generally speaking, for the most part. So that was his big chance to play against an international pack. And I didn't think he really was that good or didn't show up or wasn't allowed to show up. Yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately for him, while he should have been probably playing for England, given Vuna Polo's form, he wasn't selected there. And I think there's probably a hint in that as well. I think while Eddie Jones has probably had a rough enough Six Nations, you know, Vuna Polo gets picked because, yes, you know, you're hoping he, he you know, he, he might have got off to a ropey start. But, but the, the, the high, the range of his performance, yes, is big, but the high is so high that he could make a massive impact down in South Africa, if he can touch on that form, even though I can completely get what Rudd is saying about, you know, the challenges he'll have, and particularly when he won't have any top class rugby between now and then anyway, and um, that, that that's a huge problem for those guys uh, who are playing in Saracens. But I think he falls into the category of people who could make a big impact and could win you a tour, which essentially, you know, that that's that's the end goal here is in five or six weeks, you know, you know, of playing rugby at the end of it. Who can win you those three test matches? Bunapola playing well can do that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I could see why you leave him out, but he has to go. I think. Yeah, that would be my feeling. I'm, I think both Bunapola is actually. Um, yeah. So ha- halfback, we we were pretty much all on the, along the same lines at nine. We all had Murray. We all had Ben Youngs. Myself and Luca, Garrett Davies, Luke went for Tomas Williams, and then at ten we all had Owen Farrell, Dan Bigger, and Johnny Sexton, and. I'd be interested to get both of your thoughts in the 10 position because while we all have the same 10s, I actually think Johnny Sexton might miss out now because I think Farrell has nailed on. I think Bigger, having won the Six Nations, have been played well and having the Welsh connection is is a pretty strong certainty. Finn Russell, I don't think should go, but with Gregor Townsend on that coaching staff, he hates them. <laughs> don't they hate But they finally them? made up. You know, they, they, they made up again. Uh, like. uh, no, Finn Russell, he, he had the worst game of rugby I, uh, in, in the holes of any player I saw in the Six Nations, bar maybe a toe jay against Wales with those penalties. He had the worst against England. He nearly cost him the match. I've never seen him play so poorly. He didn't um, have a good Six Nations at all, but you, you wouldn't know that from some of the, from the general I, commentary. Is Sexton's fit, you have to, He he's one of those guys that's, he is kind of like it's. It's. I know the situation in terms of form is not the same because he's playing very, very well. But he's the kind of guy that he could start in the in the test team. Finn Russell going is never going to start in the test team ahead of the other two. Never. Whereas Johnny Sexton, if he's fit, if he gets through the two or three warm up games uh, that he gets or two games, his impact on the team, his belief, he's done it there. He's beaten South Africa a few times uh, with Ireland. Um, you know, he's gone on Lions tours. He will drive standards on a day-to-day basis. 
he's a believer. He goes because of that. The only the only issue for him now is how quickly he recovers from this head injury. But what I think I see happening is him, Leinster winning on the weekend, him coming back for the final, having a stormer, and hopefully it's not too late at that stage. But I think he'll be fit for that one. And I think he'll be fit for the tour. Um, and, and I think this is just a real caution. He's already been back training. So I think Gatlin would be crazy not to pick him because on his day, he could be better than Farrell and bigger. You know, I agree. And like at the end of the six. Nations, he was the form out half. He was the best out half in that Six Nations He's run. Brilliant. And I know uh, Rob McBride has said that. You know, I think I think you had a piece today that quoting Rob McBride about Johnny Sexton's injuries, not necessarily you know ruling him out, but uh, will that be a factor? Do you think he's in danger of potentially missing out, or do you think he has enough credit in the bank? He has enough kind of form because it's not even just I suppose he's gotten a few uh, concussions or head knocks recently. But it's it's also he's had a lot of soft tissue injuries over the last couple of years too. Like when you're on a, a long tour like that, playing very physical teams in South Africa, could that be an issue there as well? Well, McBride went further than just saying it won't rule him out. I think McBride essentially said, uh, Johnny B. Grant, we're not worried about him. He's coming coming along. Like I mean, and he's on the selection committee now. He may have been looking at it from his Leinster hat. I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure. But I got the impression from Rob McBride yesterday. Today that Johnny Sexton's gone. Um, as long as he's obviously cleared, you know, to ticked all the boxes and is, is is able to return to play and there's no long-term con- concerns over his head. And that's a different discussion for Johnny himself to consider as he contemplates his own future. But he's had this uh tour down as a as a goal for a long time. And you know, I would have been one of those people who's questioned whether he's able to do what he was able what he used to be able to do and if he was slowing down a bit and and he was pretty comprehensive in the way that he answered his critics during that Six Nations towards the end. He was really excellent. Um, he's not the attacking force he used to be, but he's, his kicking game is, is is on point. His defense is so, so strong. Um, you know, I think he'll go if he's fit. Um, I think Farrell will go if he's fit. They got on really well. They roomed together four years ago. Um, while everyone else was all was off having fun, two of them were doing their tactics in, the, in cafes together and stuff like that. And I think bigger completes that trio really well and will feel like he's got a, a, a bit of unfinished business um, because he kind of got squeezed out four years ago. He got the head injuries then and that meant Johnny had to play a couple of times a week at the start and that got Johnny into form. We were having conversations about Johnny Sexton's form uh, four years ago with Gatland. He was talking about Johnny had lost his mojo and by the time they got to the test series, he was came off the bench in the first game and started the second and the third. So I think the fact that he's done it before and the, pre- the two previous tours will uh will get him there. I guess Gatlin may have uh, Gatlin may have some flashbacks to the very popular aging Irish legend and captain going on on, on tour and, and whether he can <laughs> whether he can leave him out because uh that will be a big decision. I don't think it will be as controversial as as as, as O'Driscoll was at this stage of Johnny's career, but um I think he goes. Yeah, and they're three great towns as well. Moving on to the centre, we were all in agreement as well. Jonathan Davies, Gary Ringrose, Robbie Henshaw, and we all had this guy, Manitou Alagi, who hasn't played since last September, who I saw, uh, he was quoted there yesterday or two days ago saying he's probably four or five weeks still away. So I, I just looked at the fixture list. He could purposely get three or four games with sale at most before they would play the Japan game. Um, we all have him in there because I think we all know what he can do, Luke. Uh, like, will, will the coaches bring him? I, I, heard, I heard Gregor Townsend say that he was definitely a live option in their selection meetings. They're, they're strongly considering him. But how big a risk is it to bring someone who hasn't played in September, an Achilles injury like that? Yeah. Is it worth the risk? Well, I obviously think so. Um, yeah, I'll do, but... <laughs> I, I, I just feel like, you know, he's just so bloody physical in there, isn't he? Now, the, what's probably strengthened his case, and this was obviously, you, you saw my... my I had him in my back three, but George George North obviously getting that ACL injury probably strengthens his case further because, um, you know, the only other thing I can think of is maybe they bring Elliot Daly. Um, and, you know, he kind of functions as that guy who can play a load of different positions for you now. There's going to be people arguing that he didn't do any of those, he didn't play any of those positions well in the Six Nations. Um, but I think he's a quality player. He's got that big boot as well. So if you were, you know, in a, in a test match, um, you know, he, he could maybe dig you out on the high belt, 60 meters is certainly, you know, not a problem for someone like him. Just, just a thought, um, you know, I hadn't actually really considered him because I thought he hadn't been playing well, but he is an excellent rugby player still. Um, he could be someone that, that comes into that fold um, instead of North. But I think maybe Tulagi 
is probably strengthened off the back of that. Um, I can't see any other bolters there really. Um, you know, I just feel like yes, you know, they'll they'll want to have a good look at him. Um, but if he's back playing, you know, and and, and sorry, lots of people have had Watson in their team. He's come back from an Achilles injury as well, so uh, you know, it's very doable. He's playing on the wing as well, and you see how quick he is, and how you know, how, you know, Dennis Hickey's come back from one of, one of them as well. It is a tight time frame, but what you get out of him if he's playing anywhere near his best is so so good. Um, he'd be hard to leave out of the team. Yeah, like Rod, for me, out of those guys, like I kind of was, I would have left Davies off and picked Henry Slade. I thought Davies didn't have a great Six Nations. Personally, I, I don't think he's the player he was four years ago when he was a player of the series. I think, um, but it's a good crop of centers. You know, Ringrow was coming back to fitness. Robbie Henshaw, we all know how great he's been. There's a few different pairings you could go with there. Like, and you had two Alagi and two, so there's a lot of options. Yeah, and you've got Owen Farrell can move to 12 as well to accommodate one or the 10. So you've got, you can have that kind of warrior distributor at, at 12 Don't as well. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even mention that like, George I'm Ford. Joking, per, George Ford didn't get to mention the 10 competition. Um, how do you say it? But uh, like, yeah, no, I, I think too, like, I think he's got a really good um, capacity, like Robbie Henshaw, to come back after a long injury and just hit the ground running as well. I think he's been. That the kind of player who can do that over the years, and he's got a battle to get in that team because Henshaw's in incredible form. If if Farrell is at a ten, Henshaw must be the form twelve. You could put two Alagi outside him. That's an incredible partnership. You could shift. You could you could switch them even like they're they're both very versatile as well. And like Ringrose has a bit of ground to make up because of that recent injury and and had a rough enough Six Nations at times, but like he has the quality and Gatlin likes him. And um, you're right about Davies, like. Probably another reputation pick, uh, if, if I'm if I'm being honest, because I probably haven't noticed him being not as, as strong as he was. But um, I mean, it's a pretty good reputation at the same time, and, and he was, you know, he he, he squeezed the Driscoll out in 2013, and he he, uh, I thought Sean O'Brien was unlucky four years ago, the man of the series thing, but like you know, he was definitely in the, he, he was definitely a, a justified uh, contender for that award as well. So he's got that experience, and he's got the. You know, Gatland, it's so important to Gatland that he knows you and he trusts you and he, he's done it for him before. So I think that will stand to him as well. I think as well, Rhodes, is it worth saying that, you know, you, you probably have, you need to have Davies and probably Slade there because they're that other ball player. Otherwise, you're kind of stuck with uh, Farrell and Sexton, really. Well, uh, it depends who you have at 15. If you've got Hogg, if you've got for Hogg at 15, you can come in and do it. Yeah, I still think you're far away from the from the game to be influenced all the time. Like I think those guys, uh, you know, you'd still like to be able to get the ball to them off first and second phase, which isn't always an option. I don't think at fifteen, depending yeah. on how the play is going. Like I think the longer the phases go on, like that's kind of when you see Hog naturally end up in positions a bit tighter to the ball. Um, yeah. But you'd still like him to be your strike runner if he's out there. And I'm not even sure he gets to my team. Maybe that's why I'm saying that. Uh, but I do get your point. Yeah. He does have that ability. And of course, he comes in at 10 And, Ring, well, and Ringrose so. could do that as well if he, if he can get himself into form. I feel like Ringrose doesn't do that still, but he's a great runner. Uh, I think he has the potential to do I actually think uh, Henshaw might have a better ball-playing um, game than, than Ringrose. Uh, that might seem a little bit harsh um, because I'm a huge, huge fan of Gary. But I just feel like he's more a strike runner and a brilliant defender would be my view on him. But that's I could be wrong on that. Yeah, again, a lot of options. And to finish off with the back three, we all had Liam Williams, we all had Stuart Hogg, we all had Reece Samet. I had Josh Adams, Watson, Dewan van der Merwe, Rudd went, had May in there, Elliot Daly, Luke, you had May, and, and uh, Hugo Keenan as well. Another guy who, when there's a tight call to be made and you have one extra game in a Champions Cup semi-final uh, when there's not much rugby over the weekend and you have a guy on your coaching staff, in the, in the Lions coaching staff, yeah, maybe he could be a potential bolder if he has a good game. <laughs> I'm not sure McBride is going to be asked for the for his <laughs> advice on the fullback, but um, yeah, no, it's always helpful to know about the personality. Um, but I think you'd know from listening to his interviews, from watching how he plays. Um, I think the sevens thing might be might be something that that is in his favour. I think also the Welsh coaching staff generally will have a will place a high value on you know your quality in the air, which he has you know been really really good there. Um, Self and Liam Williams probably the standout at that skill, but that's a really important one in South Africa. Um, so yeah, I have him in there, uh, you know, based off you know uh, a body of work this year, you know, and having played all the matches for for, for Ireland, and again as you say, playing well for Leinster as well. Um, he's looked really really good. Um, 
excited to see. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm hoping that he could be that that poacher. I'm not sure that he's probably valued as highly amongst some of the other the other nations. Probably they don't see as much of him at Leinster as we do, um, or they're not watching him in, his, in the Heineken Cup as much. But I think he's a really top quality player. I'd love to see him go, and I think he's a good personality, and he's really fit. The seventh thing will matter at at, at, at altitude. It's, as much as as much as lots of people mightn't mightn't mention it, it, like the second test will be in Loftus. I'm sure, you know, you need people who are fit as fiddles, and um, that could be another little thing that maybe helps him out. But yeah, uh, that's an interesting one. I think I I don't know, Rhodes. Who did you go for in in the end? Um, I'd Eddie Daly because of that long range, yeah, the long range kicking. Um, long range kick. yeah, you would, you would May and Daly in there, two guys who who are probably you know really struggled in that Six Nations. Yeah, did May struggle? Oh, I, I did. He, was very he, bad he dropped there. a lot of balls. I, I, I love May. I have May in my team as well, Rhodes. I like he's so quick. He matches up well enough with with some of the. Uh, the, the South African guys pace wise out wide that's that's always important and just got you got to think of the South African game plan as well like like Jordan Armour is someone that uh, Gatlin has name checked is like I think when Joe Malloy asked Gatlin last year who you know who are the Irish lads you're looking at the first name he mentioned was Jordan Armour but I think if Fafta Clerk is going to get box kicked the way he did in that semi final against Wales then you can't pick Jordan Armour unfortunately and I mean he, and he, he Jacob Stockdale is another like, one like yeah, who a few a few years ago you would have said Stockdale was like nailed on to be in an easy line you know, with Luke shaking his head. Stockdale, maybe, maybe not everyone would have Stockdale said it, but he would have Stockdale has a lot all of the, the, the gobshites. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Stockdale takes a lot of Warren Gatlin boxes, doesn't he? Like he's got the size, he's got Tommy he, like he's like Tommy, he loved Tommy Bow. Uh, I know he's not oh, as Tommy, he's not well, as Tommy was a different level to Stockdale. Like Tommy's defensive ability was unbelievable. Yeah. Like I, as much as that, that's sorry. I I I know going forward he's he's very very good and he is a big guy. Um, I think he could still be better in the air uh, for his size. But Tommy was Tommy went through a period where he was unbelievable in the air. He was more prolific uh, over a longer period of time, and his defense was way better. He pro- he properly understood how to come off the line and like. His intercepts were never bad intercepts. They were always he was like he would have tackled the guy if he wanted to do that. But he, he's he, uh, Tommy was underrated as a qual uh, in terms of quality. I think um, when you looked at him really closely, he was he's a way better player than Stock- Stockdale might get there and probably has better physical ability maybe than Tommy. He looks a little bit quicker than him maybe and a little bit more agile. But in terms of smarts, I don't think they're close actually. But just personal opinion. Sorry that I could be like. Open to to to, to being criticised in that opinion, but that I I think over the the entirety of their careers, when you compare them, I think you'll see very different careers. Yeah, it's just interesting with the back three options Ireland have these days that there's not really even a, a conversation, really, or an argument to have any of them in that back three. Maybe Hugo Keane you mentioned as a bolter, but he will be a bolter. There's no guy really competing strongly, I don't think, at the moment to get into that back three, which. I suppose just maybe shows that maybe the, the former pretty strong though like sorry it's pretty strong fullbacks particularly yeah like I think Liam Williams is, is a is a brilliant player like he he's my favorite uh, of, of all the guys there uh playing very well hog is really polished going forward but obviously you can see you know the defensive frailties were, were there for everyone to see against Leinster um you know so yeah I don't know it's and there's a few guys. I mean, Zamet is a guy who just he he got all the headlines, but he looks like he's pretty pretty complete player. But he's got that pace, doesn't he? I mean, I think that's the one thing. I don't know what you think, Rhodes, but the pace is really a differentiator for some of those guys. May May for me and Zamet had the pace, yeah, like really that top end pace that you need against the, the South African guys. Yeah, I think so. I th- I think Hog um, was going to be the 2017 starter until he until Conor Murray broke his jaw. And with you know, I I still think he's rated really highly within that coaching setup, especially with Townsend there. He's Townsend's captain at Scotland, so I think he has, and he has the second. Like I know, I know what you're saying earlier, but I think he has the capacity to come into the line and make things happen. His stats in the Six Nations were really, really excellent. I think, I think um, Liam Williams will get in there somewhere as well. I think he'll be in the team um, probably because he just brings that point of difference, doesn't he? So, but Reese yeah. Stamet's got the speed. Like he's just, and he's he's exciting. He's confident. He's He's uh, like he's what we kind of thought. Like maybe Jordan Armour was going to be maybe a different kind of player, but he's kind of just got that 
incredible ability to hit. He's a big enough guy, Rod. He's, he so, well. he's got everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. like Josh Adams, another one is probably unlucky to miss out. And Will may have had him in his, his squad. I'm not sure. But yeah, I've had him in mind. Yeah, like there's, it's an area of strength that we haven't even mentioned. Keith Earls. Team will he keep to it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know we haven't even mentioned Keith Earls who finished finished really strongly yeah. in that Six Nations as well and, and would do a job definitely over there so um, but it's an area of strength for South Africa as well they've got some unbelievable gas on that wing like with my PPE like the way they cut cutting and open the last 20 minutes of the World Cup final they've they've got options as well yeah it's just funny like we only have I think you two have three Scots each I have four like that's quite low. I just, I just don't see how they don't have more. Even though I wouldn't have any more with Townsend and Tandy in there, I just feel like there'll be a few political calls and they'll get a few guys that they shouldn't get. Well, Jamie Ritchie's a good player, so he could easily go. Johnny Gray could easily go ahead of Ian Henderson. Um, Johnny Gray didn't really finish it. Yeah, oh, I suppose he didn't play in Paris, but uh, he's very good. I, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't. I, that, that Johnny Gray is a really good player. Ali, Pro- yeah. Ali Price could go. Yeah, Six, yeah, yeah. I saw Ian McGeekin maybe had Ali. Did he have Ali Price in a, um, ahead of? Um, I wonder the Welsh. I probably, the, probably the Welsh from having like you know. You, no, I can see I like. I don't know if it was actually. I, was ben Youngs. I mean, I could take a leave any of those second. Uh, like apart from Murray, maybe I could take a leave either of those scrum halves. I think yeah. it's not an area of strength. Chris Harris could go. He's a good player. Um, yeah. Duham could go. He's a good player, you know. Like, and he's South African. Yeah. Like, he knows the ter- terrain. Like, he's he's built for this. Um, so like, they could they could end up getting easily getting a few more. Like, we probably maybe there's probably a bias there where we probably give a 50-50 call to an Irish guy. Um, but you know, I, I stand over I stand over the ones I picked, but I've named a few names there that could easily could easily go. Like Jerry Richie's a good player. Yeah, well, we had a good debate there. Most of the selections. I'm, I'm going to tot up who had the most votes, and I'll tweet out the left wing, the official left wing selection. After the three of us, you know, there's a few 50-50 calls, but I think there was a few deciding votes there, but across the three squads. <laughs> I just, didn't realise we were we were vying for that. Uh, <laughs> just, just, just before <laughs> it's a good we, idea, I like it. Yeah, just before we finish up, obviously the big game this weekend, Luke Lynch to La Rochelle. Um, it's an it's an interesting one. Obviously, I think that La Rochelle got a boost uh, today. They're out half. Ohio West is going to be, I think, fit to play. To where Kerr Barlow their nine as well looks like he's going to be fit to play. Uh, Leinster obviously missing Johnny Sexton, but I think after Ross Burns' performance against Exeter, I think people are are quite confident he'll be able to step in there. What are your thoughts now with a couple of days to go? Yeah, I think it's still a, it's still a big ask to, to go there. They're playing very good rugby. They'll be very very confident. Um, you know, thankfully there's no there's no home support from an answer perspective really. So um, yeah, I think they can go ahead and do it. Yeah, I see no reason why they why they can't. Of course, it's a dangerous challenge, but it's it's you know I think there's there's a real hunger and desire there from the Lancer team. We saw from the kind of team they put out. Um, you know, in the bar, bar the backline, I suppose, but uh, against Munster, like they're they're really t- eyeing this one up. They, I, I think they'll feel like it's been a real, it's been a disappointing season, uh, despite how consistent and successful they've been thus far. Um, if they don't win the the, the Heineken Cup, um, and and I think they have enough. They have the tools to do it. They have enough people playing well to do it. Um, they have enough people in key positions playing well. Um, they, I think, I think they might have. It'll be a tight one. I think. I do think it'll be tight. It's never, you know, it's rarely a big blowout in the, against a good French team on their patch. But um, I, I think Leinster will do this one. I think yes, they'll miss Sexton a little bit, but I think Byrne has been brilliant. Um, you know, we listened to him last week. He's the right guy for for an away game. He's calm. Um, he won't be playing like those English matches in a pack that's being decimated. That's just not going to happen. This Leinster team. So he has. I think generally they start off on an even enough keel, uh, regardless of who they're playing, uh, bar that Saracens match, which I think, um, you know, was a bit of an anomaly, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, I think Leinster will do it in a, in, in a tough one, in a really tough one. I know that's a very cliched answer, but I think it will be very tough over there. And I think it'll be a great game because I think both teams don't know how to play any other way, um, bar attack. I think we saw that in the semifinal, in the quarterfinals. So um, hopefully they don't clam up and they actually continue to play um because that's what both coaching staffs i think both 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 coaching staffs really believe in that style and believe that their teams are suited to playing that um and there's loads of interesting battles there loads of great players i can't wait to see Botia. i just love watching him play he's just uh you know an absolute force of nature and how leinster contain him i'd like to see a few guys in leinster jerseys 
um, put their hand up for that Lions selection. I think there's a few guys that will be trying to do that and need to play well. Uh, we mentioned Cohen earlier on. Uh, he needs a big one. Um, but I'd also like to see Keenan um, have a big one. It's very important for your fullback in a, way in a, in a, in a big match it is to have a, a big game and be solid at the back. And this could be the moment that you know solidifies his his selection or solidifies him in the coach's mind in terms of uh, you know their 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 squad selection. So very exciting. Um, you know, really looking forward to it. Big 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 game for Leinster. Season's hanging on this one. Yeah, Rhoda, give you the last word. So your verge is so much quality across both sides. Like even La Rochelle, the flair in the back line, the likes of Lades, Raymond Rule, Brice Dulan, Botia, the halfbacks, then the back row, Aldrich, Gordon, like, you know, Victor Vito. And then even Will Skelton, who in the final against Central a couple of years ago was probably one of the key guys. And Antonio, who weighs another 10 kilos heavier. Um, and then all that Leinster can bring to the table, bringing Ringrose and James Ryan back into a side that beat Exeter in Exeter. It's just set up to be an absolute cracker. Yeah, I think it's really evenly, or not, maybe not evenly match, but it's like, I think they're quite nicely matched. Like that styles make fights thing, you know, like you've, I, I really I'm looking forward to seeing how Leinster handle that tight five and how they handle Will Skelton and Winnie Antonio, and if they can, if they don't get, the, if they sorry if they don't stop La Rochelle getting the front foot, well how do they stop that back row from starting to play? How do they stop that pair of Kiwi ten nine ten axis that they have of getting that back line moving? And if if body is on front foot ball, then Leinster could be in a bit of trouble, but. You know, we've got. I think there's a huge amount of belief in what Leinster could do based on what they've achieved this season, and in particular what they achieved in Exeter. Um, they can go to a level of intensity that not a lot of teams can live with. And for all that, you know, there's quality players in every position from one to twenty-three in that La Rochelle team. As a collective, they haven't been to this stage of the tournament before. They may have the influence and information that Ronan O'Gara and John O'Gibbs are able to give them, but I do think that experience will count in Leinster's favour uh, to a certain degree. And and even though Sexton's... I, I don't think he can afford to lose Ross Byrne. I know Kieran Forty's an excellent player, but to come in at 10 in this game, we saw Hawkshaw struggle last week against Munster. That would be a bit of a big, a big ask at this stage, even though I really rate Kieran Forty. Um, they they kind of need to keep um, Ross Byrne on the pitch. But if they can do that, they've got quality starters, quality fin- finishers, for want of a better fir- phrase, to come off and, 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 and complete the job. They've got everything in, in their in their locker to do it, and if they if they can just keep their discipline in check, they can scrummage well. They can keep the line out, and they've got the weapons to hurt La Rochelle. But it's 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 set up to be an absolute cracker. I hope the weather holds, um, because I, I think if it's a good day, it could be a really exciting, excellent game. And I think Leinster just have the tools to edge it. Yeah, and we have a great off-French affair on Saturday to look forward to as well, which I'm sure everyone can't wait to see after the ones a few weeks ago. Uh, what kind of flair will be on show there? But in the meantime, Rod, Luke, thanks so much for joining me. Cheers, lads. Cheers, Will. That's all we have time for this week on The Left Wing. We'll be back next week with another podcast. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next week, thanks for listening and goodbye. <laughs>